Hello and welcome back to Finding Your Niche, a podcast that features some of the world's leading entrepreneurs, business leaders, and marketers, and highlights the stories behind why they do what they do. I hope you enjoy. Eric, very, very excited to have you on here today. I've been wanting to get someone from the outdoor sports industry, more specifically winter sports on here for a long time. Um, And so I'm just super stoked to have you on. I know a lot of my friends will be excited to hear this as well because a lot of them take part in the winter sports activities, um, namely Matt Kreimer. I'm going to send this to him right after. So Eric, I I do want to give you the opportunity to introduce yourself and, and share a little bit about what you're up to. Sure. Yeah. And, uh, Jake, I appreciate you having me on. Um, so my name is Eric Lee O'Brien. I'm the founder and CEO of Snowledge. Um, Snowledge is a an app for skiers and snowboarders. It um, also integrates with resorts, something you can use wherever you ski, you know, across resorts and in the backcountry. And then we also offer a whole kind of suite of kind of marketing and communications tools for resorts and brands. Um, really, our, kind of our big goal is just to, to create a cool, connected community um, within the ski industry that's global. Right on. And I noticed one of the things that you mentioned in your LinkedIn profile is that you're a recovering attorney. And there, there have been a lot of people I've had on here that are, quote unquote, recovering attorneys. Um, so I'd love to hear a little bit more about like your career history, how you got involved with skiing and snowboarding, um, and then what led up to Snowledge actually becoming a company. Yeah, for sure. So, um, you know, I went to school, I went to college, University of Colorado, I wasn't exactly sure what I wanted to do after that, um, you know, but knew I wanted to maybe, you know, do something else, get just can kind of continue the education a bit. So ended up going to or moving to San Francisco for law school, um, had it in my mind that I wanted to find a way to work back into the ski industry one way or another. Um, I'd grown up ski racing, uh, just, you know, skiing was always my passion. So I figured that, you know, this would be a good avenue to, you know, to maybe build a, a good, you know, a career within skiing. Um, so mm-hmm. was going to school in San Francisco and making trips up to Tahoe, you know, as much as I could get up there and actually ended up taking a job in South Lake Tahoe after I uh, finished school and had passed the bar. Um, so I had a pretty good situation. You know, I, I wasn't working crazy hours like a lot of my friends. I was able to get out and ski um, fairly regularly. Uh, and around that time, I, I got back into competing um, in the kind of the free ride competition world, which is kind of what kind of the skiing I always wanted to do when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I was skiing pow and jumping off things. So um, <laughs> got to get back into that regularly. Really, um, really enjoyed that. It's such a cool community. And just around that same time as I was practicing, was looking at some of the early ski and snowboard apps and also kind of tracking Strava's progress and just saw a really cool opportunity within the ski community um, that just kind of felt like it fit me a little bit better than, you know, the legal profession, which again, uh, wasn't, wasn't that I didn't enjoy that, but um yeah, I wasn't passionate about it. And it just wasn't something that I wanted to invest. You know, if I get if I get behind something, I just want to put all of my time and energy and effort into to making it work. And I just didn't feel that that motivation or that passion to do that um, in law. And just, you know, as I was getting back into skiing and competing, it just it was really a kind of a cool fit to be able to, you know, for me to be able to spend the time doing what I love doing and be really involved with that community and also work on a project, uh, build a company that I was you know, really interested in and kind of really behind. Yeah. Where, where do you think your passion for skiing and snowboarding originally came from? You know, I think it was just um, in the very early days, um, you know, my first couple of days, actually, I had a miserable first day out skiing. I was uh, started mm-hmm. at 
uh, it was a like a grade school Friday ski program. I uh, went to yep. school outside <laughs> of Boulder. Uh, so Eldora was the first resort I skied. And, you know, a lot of kids in my class had grown up, I mean, from a really early age, started skiing. And I, I showed up, you know, I think I was seven, so uh, maybe second grade. And, uh, of course, wanted to join the program and get out on the hill uh, versus staying in school on Fridays. And mm -hmm. went up and kind of assumed that I'd be fine at it. So kind of followed everybody out, uh, ended up on something that was way over my head the first day and just had a, you know, a heck of a time getting down. Uh, didn't really have fun, was super embarrassed. Uh, but that second day, kind of got onto some better terrain, just, uh, you know, got my feet under me a bit and just like immediately, I just loved it. Like I was just, you know, I was hooked. Uh, so pretty much from there on out, it was just trying to figure out how I could spend as much time as possible on snow and have kind of, you know, essentially been doing that uh, my whole life since with, with a few detours along the way, though. Yeah, right on. And uh, the reason I asked that question is because there's a lot of theories behind like where passions come from and um, whether it's it's something that is just innate in our nature. Like if, if you were just you were just destined to really enjoy playing in the snow, that's as simple as I'm going to make it just playing in the snow and doing whatever you can in the snow. Um, whereas other people see it as like, regardless of what you're doing, it's something that's just built over time and will, you'll find a way to be happy with it. So I guess I, I'm curious to hear if like what you feel like you're doing now, if it seems like work to you, because a lot of what you're doing is still playing in the snow, but I'm sure there's a lot of uh, things that go on behind the scenes with knowledge that are more businessy and those are sure. normally not done in the snow. Yeah, that's a great question. It's, um, you know, it, it does feel like work. I mean, there's plenty of hard work and long, long hours that go into this knowledge. Um, but I just enjoy, you know, every step of that process so much that that it really doesn't, you know, I mean, you're, you're putting in time, but it really doesn't feel like work, I think, in the traditional sense, just in that I'm, I'm always excited and motivated and energized to work on it. Um, but on the flip side of that, you know, there is, I mean, fortunately, I've, I mean, through all this, I've, I've put myself in a position and kind of given myself the opportunity to actually spend a lot of time out on snow as well. So mm -hmm. um, it's a, it's a good balance. And I'd say, you know, for the most part, now nah, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like work. It's just something I look forward to every day. That's awesome. That's awesome. And so, so Snowledge was founded in 2013, right? And were you still working um, on like a, a legal career path while you were founding it? Or how did that transition process work for you? Um, at that point, by 2013, I had stopped practicing law. So I just, I, and I was working on Snowledge a little bit before that. Um, but that's when we really kind of kicked things off and decided to just jump in you know, with both feet and just real, I mean, kind of got to that point of after working on it a bit initially, it was just like, you know, the only way that this is ever going to take off is to just put my full time and energy and effort behind it. So I've been working on it since 2013. And we've just, you know, we've done a lot of bootstrapping over the way there was a lot. I mean, for me, it was a totally different um, field. You know, I had no background in, in technology. So um, there was certainly a kind of a bit of upfront learning I had to do just about how to even you know, build the business, putting the business model together, finding the people to, to you know, to help us build some of the early prototypes. So um, yeah. that definitely took some time. It just was kind of piece by piece, um, just, you know, putting things together in those early, yeah. you know, early years. What, what were you originally trying to build? Like, what was your goal going into it? The, uh, you know, the original idea behind Snowledge, I mean, I guess there, there were a few different factors or things that I was kind of looking at as a skier. I mean, one was just my frustration with the early ski apps. 
um, just not kind of seeing all of the, the features that I wanted there, but also being really frustrated by the, you know, the fact that, that a lot of the apps are siloed in the sense that, you know, you can only use them at one resort or a group of resorts. So, you know, for example, I was living in South Lake Tahoe and skiing at Heavenly and also skiing at Kirkwood before Vale acquired Kirkwood. So I was using the, the Epic Vale app at Heavenly, but I couldn't use it at Kirkwood. And that was just like, mm -hmm tremendously frustrating so that was one of the big problems that we were trying to solve um with knowledge initially was just like kind of you know bridging that gap mm -hmm. and it sounded like a, another thing that you were focusing on in the early days um from just our brief conversation so far is getting in touch with other people that are in the same community that you're in and and building a place where everybody else can come and play in the snow together and have as much fun as possible and um so i think that's that's what you've been building over the last several years here but i'd, I'd love to peel back the curtain a little bit to get into your business model and, and talk a little bit about um your strategy behind what you're doing now so um I would love to just start with asking, is there like an underlying business model that you're trying to replicate with Snowledge or is it something that you've just built over time as a team? You know, I think we're, you know, we, we've certainly adjusted our model as we've gone. Um, I don't think that there, you know, there's not, we're not looking at another, you know, a model from another company and saying, hey, you know, what this is, there's an opportunity to replicate this. But I think we've just really found you know, through a lot of time and energy and effort and just understanding of the ski industry, that there is a, you know, kind of a good model in there. And that for us, that really starts with focusing on resorts is like the key, you know, initially, when we were looking at this, we were thinking, just an end user facing app, similar to Strava, build the community. But you know, from a skier standpoint, so much of your experience in your day and just having a good time on the mountain um, relies on, you know, the resort and getting real time, useful information, whether it's, you know, conditions, weather, parking, lifts, um, there's so many things that are just crucial to that experience. We, we realized pretty early on that, you know, really needed to have the resorts involved um, in that. So we, we, and also, you know, in conversations with resorts realized there was an opportunity from the resort side to really, you know, for the, you know, the non-Vale and Altera resorts um, mm -hmm. provide a lot of the same features and community uh, that the the bigger resort group apps can provide, but that just the you know the smaller you know independent resorts who just you know don't have the you know kind of the budget um, to build themselves. Right. So so now I mean, this, go ahead. Well, I just said yeah. So that's where we've that's where we really have focused our model is like in serving resorts and then using resorts uh, to reach users. Yeah. So I'm curious to hear more about like where, where the revenue lies within there. Cause I wouldn't download the app, had to do it. I'm interviewing you. I might as well go and download the app. Um, and obviously from downloading the app, like I, I don't pay for anything to download the app. It's free to use. You get all kinds of data. I, I can connect it to my Apple watch. It's actually really nice. Um, UX as well. So like for me in, in the twin cities here, there's a, a ski resort called Afton Alps. So I made that my, my top resort. Um, and then I actually did like, a, I went and skied yeah. at the resort. I didn't actually Back go there. Yeah. That, that yeah. would have been, that would have been a heck of a day if I did that. Yeah. But okay. um, ideal. <laughs> yeah, it would have been very ideal. Maybe I'll, I'll go this weekend, but um, you can connect to your Apple watch and get all kinds of data. But um, I don't have to pay for anything on here. I, I did notice that there's different like promos and different things you can sign up for. So I'd assume that 
um, you might get a cut or like a referral for fee from all the, the sponsors on there. But anyways, just curious about your revenue model and um, how you guys are sustaining this. Sure. So it's, you know, really where we are right now is a, a freemium model for resorts. So we've, we've created profiles for all resorts in, you know, in North America and we've actually started branching out to the Southern Hemisphere and Japan. Um, but the resorts, you know, for them, they've got something, it's a, essentially a free resource and a free listing um, where they can claim their profile and update it and add even more information. Um, you know, we also have the ability to just kind of build communities around resorts, whether or not we're working with them. So um, photos and videos that are, are posted and tagged in the app at a specific resort just kind of allow the a community to, to kind of pop up organically. Um, but then we also have some paid features for resorts within that. If they want to engage with their community, um, you know, they can reach folks on the mountain with messaging, offers, contests, and events. So there's kind of a more uh, a bit more of a set of engagement tools. Um, plus, you know, we do a lot of the kind of curating of uh, campaigns and assets. We really do a lot of the work to help the resorts build that community. So that's that's essentially the kind of the differentiator and the line between free and paid for the resorts. And it's a similar model for brands as well. That we're just just in the early stages of getting that uh, up and running. Yeah, another area where it might be interesting is like um, outfitters close to close to hills. Like if somebody wants yeah. to do ski rentals, I, I, I work with a, a, another company called Trip Outside and that's pretty much what they do. They partner with outfitters across the country and um, if people want to go out and do human power adventures, they're able to go and, and do that and they can they can just do it and book it through Trip Outside's website. So it might be cool to have that built into the app at some point as well. Um, you mentioned that you have every pretty much every ski resort in the United States, if not all of North America, did you guys go and manually do all of those ski resorts and add them to the app? Um, not all manually, uh, fortunately, but there was, yeah, there was a lot of manual um, data entry that went into that. So there are some resources Jeez. out there you can pull from, um, you know, for yeah. weather forecasting, for example, like those, those, right. you know, right. that information exists. Um, there are also some other APIs uh, that, uh, you know, trade associations in the ski industry that they kind of provide a lot of that basic information that you can tap into. Um, but there was, you know, there's a lot of kind of customization that we do on top of that as well. So there's, we've automated, we automated some of that, but there was, yeah, there was a lot of manual input that yeah, uh, I, is also creating these I profiles. Could imagine, I could imagine. And I, yeah. I just want to just stop here and respect the heck out of you for going through that process and, yeah. and, um, Listing out all the resorts. Uh, I'm sure the That's grind fun. was real for a long time. Yeah, that was kind of cool though as well. So, I mean, they got you know certainly uh, it took a lot of hours, but um, it was fun going through and just kind of being able to research all of these small independent resorts and just get a sense of really kind of what the whole. I guess a lot of people out there don't realize how many, just you know, cool independent local hills there are um, around. You know, I know up in in your um, your neck of the woods. I mean, there's. You know, there are probably 120 to 140 resorts between Wisconsin, Michigan, Minnesota. It's like most people just have no idea that there's that many places that you can ski up there. So it was just fun to kind of go through and really get a, a little bit more of a sense of exactly who these resorts are, where they are, who the, you know, who their customers are. Um, so it's kind of a bit of a fun research project for me. Cool. And how many resorts are there estimated? I won't make you do it exact, but in North America total. 525 is the, yeah, is the number for <laughs> Yeah. For some reason, I knew you would know the exact number. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 8,000 uh, worldwide. 
you know, between uh, ski areas and ski resorts. So there's a differentiation just based on lifts and size, but there's, yeah, there's 8,000 places designated for skiing around the world. That's awesome. That's awesome. So it sounds like Snowledge has a long way to grow in the yeah. future here. I mean, you're at at least 525 right now, but if there's 8,000, that's a lot more than 525. Yeah. So uh, yeah. definitely well, drop the plan. Yeah, and that's the plan. I mean, making this, you know, making this a, a global community and, and incorporating all of the, the resorts and then the brands and local businesses and just kind of the ecosystem that supports those resorts. So, um, yeah, long ways to go. We just, I guess, look at that as a, uh, there's just a big opportunity. Cool. How big is your uh, internal team right now? We have 20 people working on this. Wow. Yeah, that's a mix. Okay, we've got wow. uh, some uh, a crew of, of um, or full-time dedicated people. And then we've got a lot of folks, you know, pitching in on the side, doing, you know, part-time work, um, people that we've identified as our next hires on the team. So we've got, uh, yeah, we've got uh, got a good group in place. And it's, you know, we've been able to do a lot, um, a lot with a little so far. We've done a lot of, kind of bootstrapping and just, you know, found people who are really passionate about what we're doing and believe in the vision. And it's, uh, yeah. yeah, it's been a good a good time and it's a good group yeah and one, one thing i noticed you guys did re or do really well is all the media work that you do your, your social media platforms are really good but yeah. i know yeah. I, I was looking at your youtube as well and i went all the way back in the back like i think i was watching your like 2016 gopro <laughs> season highlights at one point on there. yeah we've come a long way <laughs> over the last few years yeah but it was it was really cool going through and seeing all that and i understand like why you're putting that content out there um, and I think it plays into your, um, broader marketing strategy, but I'd love to hear it from your perspective, like how you're going about growing your brand of Snowledge and, um, what you think the next steps are for you in the next year or so. Sure. Yeah. So our, our focus again, is primarily, um, reaching skiers through our resort partners. Uh, but we also do a lot of, you know, like you said, kind of media content work. So um, we just within our team, we have several, you know, people who are still actively, you know, competing, um, working as athletes for brands. So it's just it's it's fun for us. It's stuff that we we enjoy doing on the side. And we've got some really talented, you know, we've got a really talented photographer and videographer kind of within our team who is able to capture all this stuff. So it's a great way for it's been a great way for us to build relationships with resorts. Um, you know, but also just in terms of getting people aware of what we're doing, there's really a just a fun story we can tell around our team and kind of the adventures that we're having um, that I think is a, a really, you know, hopefully authentic um, way to connect with people in the community and maybe differentiate ourselves and just, you know, be able to let people know that, we, you know, we really do, you know, we just eat, breathe and, and live this stuff. And we're really dedicated to building a, you know, a great community around that. So I think that's, that's something that we've, you know, it's been a lot of fun for us to work on, but I think it's also just kind of a, a cool thing that, that, you know, maybe we're able to do that, you know, some other, other folks um, who are doing the same thing, just, you know, are, are not, not, not as focused on. Yeah. And I feel like there'd probably be a way for you to convince a couple of resorts to um, pay for what you're doing just on the media side of things. And then we're, you could also actually already doing that. Okay. Yeah. Cool. We have, well, we have, we do have yeah, go ahead. We've done several uh kind of paid media projects and we uh we work with you know we Squaw Valley's our home, kind of our home mountain here, and we do uh yeah, we do work with Squaw. Uh so we have we've we've started to branch into that and it's really been a it's yeah. a great um 
you know, for the bigger resorts, there's really a cool opportunity for us to, to build a strong relationship and just get them, you know, give them a, some content that they're really excited about and then use that to, to start the conversation around the app and how we can get them looped in there for some of the ones that already have their own app, but, you know, but still see some value in kind of teaming up with us on that front. So. Yeah, I just thought that would be kind of interesting to do. And I'm glad to hear that you're doing it already because, I mean, you could probably make an excuse to yourself to go out to literally any ski resort in North yeah. America for a weekend, do oh, some yeah. filming, um, and just give them a piece of content. But also tie that back into what you're doing and then grow the user base from the other side yeah. as well. And yeah, so I think, well, that, have you considered that approach and instead of targeting like the ski resorts directly, going the other way and trying to build like this movement of, of users using your app. It kind of sounds like you're doing a little bit of both right now, but yeah. um, just going 100% all in on the users uh, in like the snow, snow exploration community, just skiers and snowboarders, um, getting them to use the app and getting the leverage on the ski resorts to the point where they literally cannot not have the app because everybody uses it. Yeah, we're definitely approaching it from both sides. So of course, if we yeah. can build these you know, large organic engaged communities that, you know, the more users we have at a resort, the easier it is to go have the conversation with that resort. So yeah, I mean, we are, you know, there's, we're kind of hitting it from both sides, you know, with the resorts who are excited about what we're doing and the feature set, um, you know, there's an opportunity to just go ahead and work with them to, to really build that community. Um, but we also are you know, we're just seeing these kind of cool communities grow up with resorts that we, we don't have a relationship with yet. And it's, you know, as we continue to grow those communities and, and just kind of show more engagement, it's a, it's an easier decision for the resort to jump in and kind of take advantage of the, the premium features at that point to reach those, you know, those skiers. Cool. Really cool. Well, there's a couple of things I, I probably shouldn't talk about on the air, but I'll, I'll talk about them with you afterwards off offline. Um, but would love to hear from your perspective, like, you're seven years into this now, almost eight, depending on how you want to count the years. We're in 2021 now. Um, I mean, it sounds like you're still super passionate about what you're doing at Snowledge and you're, you're, you're growing the skiing and snowboarding community, which I think is awesome. And you're also building a business off of something that you love, which I also very much admire. Um, and there's a few people that are doing the same thing. I'm happy to introduce you to them as well, but would love to hear like, a few things that you're looking forward to in the year ahead as it relates to knowledge and, and your, your personal exploration. Um, and if you have any asks from our audience, feel free to throw those in there as well. Sure, sure. So yeah, I mean, you know, we're real excited for, for this upcoming winter. Um, we're just seeing, you know, again, I guess the thing that we're excited the most about on the knowledge side is just the kind of the growth and engagement we've seen around our partner resorts. So I think we're really starting to understand what it takes to build a community at a resort, which is, you know, definitely a kind of a tricky thing. And we've, you know, we've certainly had to learn a bit about that along the way, but we're really starting to see kind of more of that and get a better sense of what that looks like. So just continuing to grow that more and really develop out those case studies um, that we can use to, you know, to, to get more resorts excited going into next year. So on the Snowledge side, that's really our focus for the, you know, kind of for the remainder of this season. And then just from a, a skiing standpoint, you know, I've been competing in the free ride series for a long time um had a great season last year got cut a little bit short i uh, was was very close to qualifying for the the free ride world tour was kind of right in the mix and then just slipped a little bit out uh, out in the rankings but um 
tentatively those events are happening again this year. So I'm, I'm really yeah. excited to, you know, to get back to that and just, you know, continue competing and kind of connecting that. It's such a cool community of people just from all over. I can't wait to see that whole free ride family and just get back to, um, yeah, back to skiing with everybody and, and back into these competitions, which are, which are pretty fun. So we're doing that. And then we've got, again, we've got some of these media projects lined up as well. So it's a lot of, a lot of tentative things right now, but we've got a few fun trips planned where I think we're going to get to go visit resorts and, and just put together kind of more cool content around this seeking knowledge, um, YouTube episodes that we're working on mm -hmm. right now. So that would, and I guess in terms of asks for your community, you know, uh, yeah, we'd love for you to check us out on social media, you know, on, on Instagram at knowledge.co. Um, you know, we've got a lot of good content flowing through those channels and we've got a really cool team of ambassadors, um, and just our, our kind of our media team within knowledge. And um, we're doing some fun things there and over on our, our YouTube channel, we've got a, a seeking knowledge series, which is a weekly five minute edit of kind of resort backcountry skiing, just basically whatever we're getting into for that week and just to kind of out there trying to make the most and find good terrain to ski. So, um, there's a lot of fun stuff there and, you know, love, uh, anybody wants to come and, and kind of join that adventure with us. Uh, we'd love to see you there. Yeah, and I'll, I'll double down on that, especially the YouTube series. Um, definitely follow Instagram, but the YouTube series, if you're a curious skier or snowboarder and just like to learn new things, uh, give that a look. I think you'll you'll definitely enjoy it. Um, but the other thing I would add to that, Eric, is just download the app. Um, it, it's, yeah. the, the, U, the UX is really nice. Yeah, yeah, I, I would say yeah. so too, but... Um, if you're going anywhere, I mean, as Eric mentioned, literally every ski resort across North America is on here. So like right now I'm looking at Afton Alps, it's 25 degrees today. It doesn't look like there's going to be any snow in the forecast. looks like a wonderful day to go skiing. Um, maybe going to seek out there next weekend. So just check it out, give it a shot. Um, and feel free to reach out to me with any questions you have about it. But Eric, I'm going to hand it back over to you. Um, we'll wrap up here, give you some time back. Uh, if you have anything you want to leave the audience with today, the floor is yours. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, Jake, I appreciate you reaching out again and, and having me on. Um, yeah, I just encourage everybody out there to, to get out and make some turns this season, you know, just with everything that's kind of happening uh, these days in the world, you know, it's just such a great way to get out and kind of clear your head. And I just know for me personally, it's just, you know, it's good for the soul just being out there. So, you know, if you've been thinking about skiing or maybe you haven't skied in a few years, like, you know, you take a take a day, take a weekend to get out there, spend time with your friends. Um, God, there's really just no no better way to spend time in the winter. Yeah. And I'll, I'm going to add on top of that too. I'm going to say, if you want to go skiing and you're looking for some kind of inspiration or you're looking for a sign to go skiing, skiing, this is your sign. Give me a call. I will literally come with you wherever you're going. If you're going out to Colorado, I'll come. I don't care. Um, I'm, I'm down to clown. So Eric, uh, thanks for hopping on here. This is, this has been a really fun episode. Uh, I'm very glad I got someone from the outdoor industry more specifically the winter sporting industry on here. Um, and it's it's been my pleasure to just sit down with you and chat and get to learn a little bit more about Snowledge and expand my Snowledge knowledge. Um, I can't believe I just said Snowledge knowledge, but I did. So um, thanks for coming on, Eric. And I hope you have a great weekend. Right. Thanks for having me, Jake. I appreciate it. Hey, this is Jake. Uh, thank you for listening to today's episode of Finding Your Niche. If you enjoyed it, be sure to subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. In the meantime, I hope you have a great rest of your week, and I'll see you next time. Well, I won't actually see you, but you get the point. Have a great week.